Hello everyone and welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. This is your host, Speedy, with me today, once again, Colton and Blake. Hello! A lot more energy than I had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so today is a review episode. We did news last time, let's get back to the review. And at the end of this episode, Blake will give us the next one. But for this episode, we are reviewing... Star Wars Visions because it is animated by Japanese animation studios. This was uh sorry. <laughs> this was Colton's uh, suggestion, so he will be leading us this episode. Not your daddy. That's what Bear should said The sure. Not your daddy boy. Uh, like always, you can follow us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, just search up Anime News Reviews, we're there. Uh, so let's start this episode, Colton. Okay, okay, okay. If you hear a weird noise, it's just, um, you know, I made bad choices as a kid, so now I vape. Um, don't mind, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so um, super cool thing uh, Disney did. People hating on Disney having rights to Star Wars, but I think if they keep doing things kind of like this, uh, getting, like, the rights of Star Wars released to, like, you know, other anime studios, things that we can see different. Because, like, in reality, the Star Wars universe is so big. So, like, there's well, count there's countless stories that, like, you know, whether it's canon or not canon or whatever, I just, I'm just excited for more Star Wars. You have this massive sandbox, right? so many ideas to choose from so many stories to tell and i think a lot of people just kind of want to see some stories that we've already had told to us unfortunately a lot of the stuff that was kind of wrote off as legends because you got to keep in mind before this whole thing with disney and star wars we had like an era where basically after episode three we were told like from 2007 2008 onward after that we we're like all right that's it it's done no more yeah, Star Wars, internet movies, nothing. And then instead we end up just getting like other stuff that took place around that property, but story-wise, but it was considered mostly either non-canon or to some of the fans, possibly canon. So like an example, so after episode three, we got uh, the Force Unleashed video games, which were awesome. At least the first one, uh, depending on who you ask. Um, and then we got like tons of other stuff after that as well. Uh, some books. I know there's like a book called, I want to say it was titled Heir to the Empire, which is supposed to be like in, up to that point considered an official like sequel like just normal like chapter book uh, written by an author I think it was like a fan of the series or something or he might have been one of the writers for the movies. And yeah, it was but George it was Lucas like sold out. After, so. Yeah, it was like set after I think Here episode 6. And then yeah, we had like all these authors showing up and making all these different books and cartoons and video games yeah, so the lore is magnificent um so i don't care if they keep doing like just off the like random shit like because this is yeah. really a really cool experience um so like it's just nine quick episodes um from different animation studios all in japan the motherland um i wish we were right now but uh Anyway, so let's get this train started. Um, I'm kind of, you know... Do you want to just do this, like, episode by episode? Yeah. Okay. That's okay yeah, that's fine. So the first episode is called Duel. Duaru in Japanese. So will you help me with the animation studios and, like, what they're Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's Duga, right? Yeah, Doga. Kamikaze Doga, who also animated JoJo's Bizarre Adventure trash anyway um so this one this one's kind of like a i don't know if you guys have ever seen like kengen ashura on um netflix it's kind of like a drone animation style it's kind of cool um black and white isn't it but yeah this one and, and the duel is black and white yes um, awesome. this was probably my favorite episode i'm not gonna lie yeah, yes was this was definitely my favorite episode Unfortunately, it reminded me of the uh, Afro Samurai, like, original comic, yeah. like, the first two volumes, which I only think there ever were the two, but yeah, it had that, like, very visceral, that gritty, black and white style, and I was like, oh, this. And they told such a, like, 
big story in such a short amount of time with this episode, I think. It's kind of crazy. And I appreciate um, that his name is just Ronin. Because it's like the Edo period Japan is kind of like the setting. And so he's like, he's literally like a Ronin. Yeah, just so, like a hint of the Star Wars aesthetic attached to it. Yeah, he's just known as yeah. the Ronin. Awesome. It's like, so it's 20 years after a big old feudal Jedi Empire. Um, a war between them and like a renegade Jedi sect called the, the, the Sith, believe that or not. Um, as Speedy mentioned, a lone wanderer known only as the Ronin. Um, so like he, he's just like checking, you know, he's just wandering, just being a wanderer, doing what wanderers do, wandering. He's got this dope little droid. Um, kind of you get R2-D2 vibes from him like they're homies. Um, but, you know, he kind of stops in and at this little village and um, drink. he said you know i'm gonna give me a little tea charge my joy whatever and then like witnesses this like military uh empire little band of dickheads basically um it was like take a over this it was like, a legion of former stormtroopers yeah. um attempted to besiege a small village but the village kind of had a little I was kind of like, hey, they got this. They're fine. They're, they're all right. But they had this little uh, defense team. You know, they each had, like, different races, different. It was pretty cool. Um, but this girl who um, has this, like, oh, I don't know. It's like a umbrella. umbrella yeah. Umbrella lightsaber. And so, uh, she just. It was pretty cool, actually. It was he starts wrecking, wrecking them, God. and um, she starts wrecking this little team or whatever. And then um, I'm pretty sure she like deflects a bullet, and it hits homeboy's droid. So he's like, "Wait a second, let me. Hey, can you fix my droid?" By the time I'm pretty sure it was just water boiling. So this poor guy, this poor old man in this shop is like stressing because he's got to fix this droid, and homies are like. Ronan, he's just like, you know, let's go check this out, whatever. And then, so, if you're a TikTok fan, um, there's this sound that was going around forever. It's like, it's been a long time since I killed a Jedi. That was from this anime episode. Um, so, that girl walks up and she tries to, like, kill Ronan, right? Because he's, like, checking out, like, what's up, bitch, what are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And she, like, swings her saber at him, and he kind of just, you know, you remember when Naruto met the hidden cloud and, like, kind of, like, caught the blade with his clone? Yeah. That's kind of, like, what happened, but he's obviously using the Force. And then she says... She had the umbrella for a while, and then I'm trying to remember, at one point in the episode, she, like, lost it, or, like, I thought she just decided to, like, get rid of it to, like, do it. Yeah, she took, like, her saber out of it and then just kind of threw it on the ground. Yeah, it was almost like an augmentation that she attached. It was like a weapon attachment, but like instead of putting on a gun, you like attach it to a lightsaber, and then it like allows it to do all these fancy tricks and shit. And I was like, okay, kind of cool. At the same time, a part of me is like, oh man, this is so jarring in either the best or worst way, depending on who you ask, because it's like you got the whole historical setting going on, because it's like feudal Japan, but then you got the Star Wars part going on, and it's just like, okay. Oh boy, I need to sit down for a minute. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the, the Ronin, so my interpretation of that guy for the longest time during this episode, before we even got anywhere close to like the end, was like, okay, Ronin. So technically, he is a masterless, could be a Jedi, could be a Sith. It's not officially confirmed. All we know is that they have a lightsaber. But from the look of this guy, he has the look of like a protagonist, if you will, a uh, classic good guy jedi you know you kind of start assuming you know as someone who has consumed various other media from star wars in the past as a fan of the franchise and stuff you're going into it already thinking you know you have that predisposition when you see the guy like okay this guy has clearly got to be the good guy right and just like this guy has to be without a doubt all holds barred this guy has to be a jedi yeah, and when she says, um, it's been a long time since I killed a Jedi, and, like, kind of just, like, gauges him and, like, swings at him again, it's probably the best moment in animation that I've seen in a long time. 
um, when homie is literally in like a samurai stance and unsheaths his lightsaber like a fucking katana. Excuse my language. Oh, my like a God. katana, dude. And it's a yeah. red katana. It's a red lightsaber, bro. Homie is a sit. I was not I expecting was, red. I was, I was a thousand percent thrown off. Just, oh, but man. when I saw that red, I was like, brother. I what? was throbbing. They like, saved on color because they only needed one color for the show. Literally. So. <laughs> no, they were shooting like green and blue. Oh, it wasn't even close. She had like no chance. Like none. Um, to be honest, she was kind of just good luck. But uh, so you know they're they're busting it down and they're fighting and excuse me. Um, so he they're fighting, 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 and then there's this like kind of like thousand IQ play. That Ronan does that. Uh, Isn't it like near like a river or something, or like it's yeah, like a river so that leads into like a waterfall. I want to. Yeah, say. they end up fighting like into this river. They're on like logs, fighting like going down this river, whatever. And so like, he ends up in under this waterfall, and like, it's such a just smart thing he does. I don't remember if it was just like, um, an extra lightsaber that he had or what it was, um. But he, there's a statue, um, this religious statue, in under in, inside of this waterfall, and my man's literally put a lightsaber in the hands of this statue and lit it, and she said, "Gotcha," and then she swung in there and realized she cut the statue, and all of a sudden, dude, you see that red that red laser or red lightsaber right through her chest, bro, and it was like, yep. he, "What?" He the old sneak on her. What? Use stealth. Hundred IQ. GG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he goes back up to the village where his droid. Um, I can't. Remember, I'm. I'm sure. I think the droid. I'm pretty sure he saves the village in a certain way. And I'm just. I'm drawing a blank. Um, he he like turns on and like flies away and shoots like things out of him that attack the yeah, enemy. So um, after all that noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, because I thought he had a ship or something, or like there was a ship that he planned on taking, or that he had bought, or that he already had on him or with him, that just happened to be like close by the village or something. And then the no, droid ended up piloting the ship and started shooting at the soldiers. I don't remember if that's exactly what happened. I don't know. It... I think you're thinking of episode three. Yeah, I might be thinking of a different. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. The droid does some work, so anyway, he gets back up after killing this lady, snags her kyber crystal, um, and then, like, so he's got it in his, I'm pretty sure it's just chilling in his hand, and as he gets back up to his droid and, like, the village and stuff, he, there's that big umbrella contraption for her lightsaber, um, he kind of tossed it to the old man that was working on his droid and was like, here, you know, can I use this for scrap money, whatever, George, I don't need it, imperial metal, I'm sure it's worth a lot. And then he's kind of looking, and then the mayor of this this little village, or the leader of this little village, is actually like a kid. Um, and like this kid, like kind of stood up when the lady was asking all these questions, um, like who's leading this, blah blah blah. And this kid's like, "Listen, it's me." Like, blah blah blah. So this kid is kind of looking at him, and the freaking Ronan bro pops open his. It's like the classic, like you want to watch. But he pops open his jacket, dude, and there's like seven or eight freaking red kyber crystals. So like at that point, you're like, this dude's like hunting Sith. Like this, that's what this dude. This dude is like in my head, he's either like retri doing retribution or paying like a certain whatever for some crimes he's done or whatever it may be. But like, so he's like looking and he's about to put it on there, dude, and he's like classic, like, hey, mean Joe, and gives the kid the kyber crystal and i guess it's like a sign to like it like wards off evil um things of that nature but like we know how expensive and how valuable yeah. a kyber crystal is let alone like you know a red one um yeah That's but yeah so episode. that that was definitely my favorite episode like yeah i promise that... you oh man no amount of explanation or words that we can say can describe like how sick it was watching that man just unsheath that lightsaber. Like, yeah, it was really son, cool. Son, I lost my, I, I giddy like a little girl, dude. All the episodes were good, but the, this first yeah. one really started strong. Yeah. Well, 
and just the um, concept, I, I love it. It's like, okay, so you have a uh, masterless mm -hmm. swordsman slash monk, this slash Jedi Sith. Could have been honestly either one when they were deciding how to do this, but the fact that they did, it's like a Sith on Sith thing, I thought made it just a little bit more interesting to me. Way cooler. Yeah, and I agree. The idea of this, like, pseudo ex-Sith bounty hunter who specifically if they don't make it a habit of trying to hunt down Sith then it's just like any Sith that I encounter in my way are basically a dead person essentially like he's gonna just cut mm -hmm. him down yeah and the fact that he like collects these like little red kyber crystals as trophies from each of his kills each Sith that he has murdered decapitated what have you just like you know what that yeah that's cool that's chef kiss i i would love to see mm -hmm. something like that in live action i feel like that's kind of the, where disney has been struggling a lot lately and with the fan base at least is trying to deliver more on the live action aspect mm -hmm. especially you see like a japanese take and killing it yeah like a japanese like take on like feudal like what a feudal village in like feudal japan era star wars would be it's so freaking sick dude um, but anyway, moving forward, there are nine of these, we gotta, you know, keep going. The next one was alright, wasn't my favorite, didn't really care for it, honestly. I think this one was probably my least favorite. It was still good, but... I'm not even gonna... Yeah, none of them are bad, I just don't really care for this one. Yeah. Um, probably won't talk about it much, Studio Colorido? Studio Colorido. Yes, they, um, uh, Burn the Witch, they did that anime, they also did a Pokemon movie. Uh, Twilight Wings. Uh, actually, so, no, it's an anime that series. One, that one's pretty cool. Um, just about a band um, of kids on Tatooine, Jabba. Um, Boba Fett's in it, if you like Boba Fett a lot. If you're a Boba Fett fanboy, go check that out. Jabba the Hutt. Um, Jabba the Hutt as well. Um, but yeah, that one's alright. Not my favorite. Uh, moving forward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, the episode three was called the twins um, this one was pretty good um, fun fact the the english uh cast the main male character kare is voiced by neil patrick harris and apparently the character jay in episode two is english joseph gordon levitt my guy that's true that's crazy um number three is pretty dope uh it's about these uh, well, twins. <laughs> um, they are two Sith twins. Um, oh goodness gracious! It's like the remnants um, of the First Order. Yeah. So, like, the, exactly. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> the remnants of the First Order. They're like biological twins. Um, they train in the dark side, and eventually. They become leaders of the remnant, whatever that is. Excuse me. You can join Star Destroyers, which I thought just the whole, the fact that it was like all moving together, like it was connected, like the ships were like stuck together to each other. I was like, oh man, that is going to be a bitch to deal with when one of you guys betrays the other. So, yeah, exactly. So, um... That was pretty wild. There's some pretty cool fight scenes in it. Story was all right behind that one. Um, Studio Trigger always they do a pretty good job of animating. Um, yeah, check it out, man. The Twins is number three. Um, but uh, yeah, I know it's yeah. You had like they were both like, brother and sister trained in the ways of the Sith on the dark side. I think that was my understanding of it, at least. Yeah. Don't know exactly who the parents were. I don't think they ever explained that at all. But yeah, you got, like, the brother and then the sister. The sister, she's clearly, like, the more radicalized. Like, she is in on the Sith cause all the way. She's got this very unique armor that is supposed to, I guess, enhance her body, but at the same time, I can't remember if it was also, like, low-key destroying it or whatever but basically so the brother has a similar set of armor but then he ends up pulling the old big sneak and he's like uh, all right well i'm decided I'm sneaky a sneak boy. man i don't feel like being an awful dick bag i have a conscience and i've decided i'm gonna go join the uh 
New Republic slash their whatever their resistance forces is up to this point. And uh, he decides to dip. And literally, like, right as she, like, looks over to, like, his side of the ship or whatever, and she's like, I wonder what my brother's up to. Yeah, no, he gone. He, he about to leave, girl. He, he got the crystal that's, like, like <laughs> He said later. That's, like, the crystal that, like, is supposed to power this super weapon or something that was on board their ship. And then she finds out he stole it, and so she tails on after him, and she's like, well, where the fuck do you think you're going? And he's like, uh... I think that's pretty self-explanatory at this point. <laughs> and then, yeah, they, they get into it. Uh, I think at one point... They're just like, fighting in space. Yeah, there's this battle in space. Uh, Breathing's not a problem. Yeah, apparently he's able to breathe in space just fine without a suit. So she. She has a suit on, which at first you're like, okay, maybe my eyes are just playing tricks on me here. It's like, no, no. It would make sense for her because she's wearing the suit. Yeah, well, that made sense, because, yeah, I was like, okay, all right, haven't completely fallen out of the realm of believability yet, let's see how the rest of this plays out. Continues to both, basically just continues to talk and just overall breathe in space, the brother, without a suit on, and I'm like, oh, my God, okay, all right, I understand Star Wars is a little bit, you know, liberal and generous when it comes to the way it freely handles some of the physics aspects of its own canon in space classic anime Star fantasy Star Wars physics go but then you got the anime edition thrown in and it's even like wilder cranked up all the way to fucking it <laughs> it was a really cool fight though I liked yeah, it a lot so they duke it out it actually does get pretty intense there for a hot minute and then uh yeah, I think at one point she, I can't remember, she had like used some kind of a power up, but it was just her armor itself that was doing it to her, it was basically. She took, she had part of the crystal because it like broke, uh, and she put it into her, into her armor on her chest, and then yeah. that's how she got more powerful. And uh, then he did this, kind of did the same thing, but he put it in his lightsaber and it did this like really big yeah. light beam. <laughs> <laughs> what he did though is pretty cool because he like puts it in his lightsaber makes a huge light beam and he plans yeah. to cut you know the ship in half yep. and he has the droid put the ship into light speed to he, uh, ram into it yeah he basically pulled the whole maneuver but straight yeah. just like created like an anime level just except he survived massive lightsaber like you will ever see in your life <laughs> Very anime. Cuts down his sister in the process, who arguably was already dead because of the weight of the armor's effects on his sister. Because at this point, she was like spiraling, spiraling out of control, like having a negative reaction to the crystal. She's fine. And she grew. I swear, it was like there were these like two random arms on each side of her back. So she has like six arms now. Has like all these red like hyper crystal red lightsaber whips of sorts yeah <laughs> like the plasma is bent in such a way that it yeah it was gnarly and there was this neat little fight in space between these two siblings and then yeah he pulls the big old lightsaber holder holdo maneuver doesn't die just manages to time it just right and positions his body and his blade in just such a way because i feel like he kind of like hovered just like a little bit like under the ship actually yeah. and like punched it so that the saber was the one like going through the ship yeah and so he basically like cut through his sister i don't believe he killed her though no he like when he reached when he like knocked uh his sister um like down like he kind of shrunk the saber back as he was passing her to where just the edge would cut off that part that had the crystal on her suit and then he was gone it's just like straight up like we went through the ship and i was like oh yeah and he left and i was like he dipped he, he's it, was, it was pretty cool i'm pretty sure he goes to a um the brother's name is kare tatooine i think kare. yeah kare and um God. am am um like yeah wow. it was pretty good and i believe the sister was um yeah Voiced by Allison Brie. Wow, no freaking way. 
I would not have guessed that. And that was Studio Trigger. Um, they did like Kill a Kill, Little Witch Academia, Darling in the Franks. Uh, so yeah. Hey, did you say he lands on Tatooine? I think so. Yeah, Crash lands on Tatooine and then makes... He was looking at two sons, I assumed. It was Sandy. Save his sister from the dark side, the whole, you know. Open ending. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Next episode, Colton. Um, number four, The Village Bride. Pretty decent one. Um, years after the Great Jedi Purge, um, and four Jedi Padawan. Her name is literally F. Um, this is done by Studio Citrus. Yes, Studio Citrus uh, did uh, Black Bullet, uh, The Rising of the Shield Hero, Made in Abyss. There you go. Um, so yeah, her name is F, and she uh, voiced by Fukuhara. She is uh, drawn to this planet by an explorer whose name is Velko. Um, so basically, oh my, I cannot pronounce that. Okay. <laughs> the village is being held hostage, kind of, sort of, in a way, by these bandit raiders. Um, they basically reprogram these old separatist battle droids. We know how crazy battle droids can be. Um, especially if you've seen the Clone Wars, for all you animation fans out there. So, um, Chief's granddaughter Haru, um, intend to surrender. Her and her fiance Athu, Haru Athu, um, to the bandits as collateral the following morning, while Haru, sister Saku, Haru Karu Saku Asu, wants to fight the Sakura. Um, okay, so they go to basically pull the big boy move and sacrifice themselves, you know, for their village. And, um, but F says nah, and cuts her mask off and cuts her Padawan braid. So if you know anything, you know, she cut that shit right off. Said, you know what, fuck it. Um, the bandits reveal they have captured. Madame Saki and attempt to execute her, but F why do they have the name of F? Um intervene and they basically just kill all the bandits. F says, you know what, I'm a Jedi. And then departs the planet. Peace out. That's literally it. The, uh, that was it. It was I, about I this girl. Thought it was a decent episode. It was good. I liked it. Um it was just kind of I want to point out the name uh, Blake couldn't pronounce was Valka's voice actor, I'm pretty sure. Yes. His name is Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. Thank you. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> so, the way they like, set up though, for that episode at the beginning, like I really thought uh, Valko uh, was like her old Jedi master or something, and that they were just like a group mm-hmm. of maybe like rogue Jedi who just either left the order or just elected to just kind of stay out of affairs for a while or what have you. And her stable is really cool. Yeah, I guess apparently he is just, he was an explorer who managed to get her to come out to that remote planet, I guess. And I'm like, uh, okay, all right. Not what I expected at all, but okay. And so she says she's a Jedi, but then she cuts off the Padawan braid. So did she have to go through that journey in order to be officially considered like a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Master? Maybe it was like a realization the thing Jedi for her. She decides she's a Jedi in her heart and her soul, but then she decides to cut off the braid and says, This is me leaving the Order and this emotional. I'm, uh, I, I don't know. It was probably something a- like that. The order's not a thing anymore. Like, this is yeah. the Jedi Purge. So, like, this is her in her own saying, okay. I'm not a Padawan anymore. I'm yeah. going to act as a Jedi. And uh, conduct myself. She essentially declared herself a Jedi Master. Okay. Yeah. So she's, we'll, we'll just say for specificity's sake, she's a Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan Kenobi, easy to become anyway. a Master. <laughs> Obi, easy dip. She's nothing. Anyway. That's fair. All right. <laughs> Fifth episode is called The Ninth Jedi. Which has Patrick Sates in it. I had to point that out. Who? Patrick Sates. Um, 
He voices so, like a bunch of great characters in anime. Okay. Okay. Um. So this, a, this episode was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was interesting. This guy, his name is Margrave Euro. Juro. Uh, production IG. Oh, production IG. Yes, yes. They did uh, the 2000s Ghost in the Shell um, show. Uh, yeah, standalone complex. Uh, they did. Uh, there's a show called Blood Sea. Uh, High Q. They've been doing. Um, yeah, that's. So um, this guy Margrave. Invites his seven Jedi. Just getting their Jedi. To his aerial temple to receive lightsabers. Um, basically, and this is years and generations after the purge. So like the lightsabers basically like no there there's not very many being made especially new ones um but he invites yeah. them all to come have one um so they get all these people all these jedi get there and um one of the margrave's droids hands a lightsaber to one of the jedi ethan and you know basically promises that the other ones will arrive shortly. Um, so on the planet, there's like a little... It's like below. a plant that's like covering kind of beneath mm -hmm. it, down below on the surface. Um, yeah. There's a sabersmith named La Zima. Um, finishes constructing all of these remaining lightsabers. Um, I believe the planet they're on is... He... Islan? Something like that. Something like yeah. So anyway, one spur is forced into the daughter, um, but before she was captured by hunters working for the Sith, <laughs> she found transport um, to the she, temple. She like a, what was it like a not a speeder, but it was like one of those like it resembled kind of like a bike, like a patrol bike, like the scout mm -hmm. troopers of the Empire used to use or something. Yeah, she's like, all right, I already see where this is going, how it's going to go down. I'm a dip. So uh, she gets there um, and presents the lightsabers to the other six, yeah, um, who are actually Sith imposters pretending pretending to be Jedi, intending to Except kill Juro. boy, Ethan, who was a good boy. And um, promise, intending to kill Juro and any other surviving Jedi. Um... Juro's droid reveals himself to be Juro, actually, in disguise. Himself. And, oh um, plot twist. Uh, and so, Ethan, I'm pretty sure how to, and this is a thing, because, like, I see a lot of people say that having a purple lightsaber is only a thing because Samuel Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. And then oh. I see other... Originally, yes, that, that is why, but then they made it a canonical reason later. Yeah, it being like balanced close to the light in the dark yada 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 so just depending on who you talk to um they'll tell you whatever but this is technically not canon so i'll believe whatever i want to believe um so ethan the gentleman that got the one at the beginning uh they killed the rest of the sith um, who were kind of just weak but the last sith homan is spared as he returns to the light side having been a jedi survivor um wait no, 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 no. Homan's the guy with the purple lightsaber. I'm sorry. Um, He's the big, tall, the muscular, the, yeah. the beefy boy. The beastie then, boy. So they join Jiro's new Jedi Order. And also, can I say that I'm pretty sure this is the one where her lightsaber is kind of like cool looking. It's like black. black. It's like a, yeah. Um, so they prepare to rescue. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who, oh, uh, okay, uh, so, La Zima is Kara's dad, okay, yeah, so, he's held on a, somewhere on a Sith-controlled planet, and so then they plan a rescue mission after reforming this new take on the Jedi Order. Jedi with, Order, yes, sir. Yeah, Ethan, Kara, Holman, and I guess Juro, maybe? Yep, Juro. Yeah. And so, that's all. That was, that was That's good. the episode. And then another reoccurring theme in episode six we have Toby T O B one. Good boy. Um, again, Toby's a good boy. Shortly, I, I, I like this episode too. 
Um, again, after the Great Jedi Purge, um, Toby, T-O-B-1, lives on a desert planet um, with his armless creator, Professor Mitaka. Um, and this, this kid, like, he's like AI, but he's like, he's like Pinocchio. Pinocchio. I, I, I do want to point out real quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's Astro Boy inspired. Uh, Science Saru is the animation studio, um, which means science monkey, uh, just, just so you know. Anyway, uh, so science makes sense. The Astro Boy would kind of be like the, uh, theme they got. And, and it also looked kind of like Disney-ish because Astro Boy's concept comes from Disney any, originally anyway. Um, they also did, I just want to point out, Yoke Watch, the movie, um, which, uh, came out, well, it's almost been a decade for that one, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, been a while. Um, but yeah, and Devilman Crybaby is another one. Alright, you uh, can continue that. <laughs> you got Kyle Chandler, the voice of Mitaka, the professor, and you have Jaden Waldman providing the voice for Toby. Yes. Um, so yeah, Professor Mitaka tells Toby that uh, in order to become a Jedi, you must find a kyber crystal so you can forge a lightsaber. So our good boy, he scours every literal window and cranny of this place. Um, except there's a basement, or Mitaka's basement. And he tried going in there, but Mitaka's like, yeah, don't go in there. Damn kid, don't go in there, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't say damn kid, but that's just my feelings. Okay. Anyway. Um, so anyway, the kid being a kid defies these orders. Says, nah, I'm just... Finds the... What kind of ship was it? Did it, did it really show us? Was I don't know. X-Wing or something? Yeah, anyway, I it just says... Remember. <laughs> just says, so anyway, our boy finds it, and he actually sends a signal. Um, just thinking that he's, you know, talking smack. Um... And a Sith Inquisitor, if you know anything about Thoers, Inquisitors, um, like this group of Force-sensitive people that Darth Vader uses to basically exterminate the rest of the Jedi, um, hint the Great Jedi Purge. But, uh, so all this happens, and Mitaka's like, yo, you know what, I'm done lying to you. I was a former Jedi, uh... And these guys are gonna come try to kill me. Uh, what happens happens, but I'm not gonna. Use, I'm pretty sure he's like, I'm not. It's not it's gonna like, be. I'm just like, here. Gonna talk take to my him. lightsaber. You stay right here. Don't come out, no matter what. Okay. And Toby ends up leaving this hiding spot, and he sees the, Who would have thought? the Inquisitor, right? Ransack a whole lab. We should have straight up killed the guy. Yeah, me there. Yeah. Um, so Toby continues to do Mitaka's research as any good boy would um, and successfully terraforms the planet which I have no idea what that means but made it hospitable for life essentially okay so he makes his planet hospitable for life but is confronted by the Inquisitor so our boy fixes that Mitaka's old lightsaber and as it would turn out, and as it would turn out, as I've been says, Toby this entire time is, is what he's been looking for no, the Kyber Crystal. The power was in him the whole time. And uh, designed by Mitaka to be able to wield the Force in igniting a lightsaber. lightsaber. And he bodies that Inquisitor in this duel, dude, and then departs the planet. He takes, says, you know what, little guys, we're out of here. Peace. Go. A lot of them peace out. And do this for real, for real. And like, I love see the concept. Like, Happy the idea of there being a droid or some kind of like a more sentient droid than some others that is capable, if not using the force at bare minimum of like actual like decent lightsaber combat that could be used as like a Snudo, Jedi, or Sith fighter. Like that 
to me seems like a really interesting concept because like I always General Grievous explore the, yep. that I, idea because I was like well he, was a he, he still had like biological stuff in him like he yeah was I was joking <laughs> the word is cyborg so like, but no, like a full-on droid that's like decides I'm gonna go the way of the Jedi, or I'm gonna go the way of the Sith, I'm gonna be wielding a lightsaber and doing things with the Force. Like that to me was always a cool concept. I was like, I would love to see them handle some kind of like really badass interpretation of that idea in like a future live-action project, whether it's mm -hmm. like an anthology series or maybe like another TV show or a movie or series of movies. I don't know. But I would love to see that. Um, and then moving forward, the next one is probably my like the last one I kind of enjoyed. Well, um, I probably like it almost ready. as much as the first um, episode. Yes. Um, this this one's called The Elder. Um, this was another this. really good one. Um, this so was also Studio Trigger, by, by the way. Yep, Studio Trigger. Kill a kill, little watch and academia, darling Franks. Um, yeah. So centuries after the death of Darth Bane, if you know anything about Darth Bane, he's um, one of my favorite Sith. Oh my God, him and his armor. I don't know if you have seen this man's freaking armor that he wears in the combat, but holy, oh, daddy. <laughs> okay. The initial execution of the Sith. Is it Tajin? Yeah. Tajin. Tajin. Yeah. Uh, Dan, who was and Dan, our man, Dan. Voiced by Jordan Fisher, who I have to say is a criminally underrated actor slash voice actor. He did voiceover and motion capture work for the video game Until Dawn, which was awesome. I don't care what anyone says, he nailed that role as Matt sure Walsh. And then you have a freaking Tajin Crosser. Okay, so he does have a last name. They both do. Tajin Crosser and Dan Gavash. Dan being the Padawan and Tajin being the Jedi Master. Uh, and Tajin, who was voiced by none other than David Arbor of Stranger Things. Who you might know from Brokeback Mountain. I love it. I freaking love it. <laughs> right. Um, and the so Elder, who was voiced by James Hall. Yeah. Um, this one is pretty dope. You have like a... Um, oh my gosh. Or the Outer Rim. Jedi Master What's... and Pepper. What's um? There's disturbance in the force. Aizawa. This dude gives me Aizawa vibes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's the um, Jedi Master. Tajin. That's fair. But so anyway, so they go out and Tajin's like super like connected to the like not super connected to the force, but he's more connected than I want to say others are. Um. So they kind of he's kind of got this like feeling. Um, I think yeah, Tajin was kind of supposed to be a, like a similarity to Qui Gon Jinn. Seriously, I was okay. like, holy shit, if this isn't Qui Gon to Yeah. Um. So they land on this isolated planet and arrive at a remote village, village where they learn about this weird old man who hiked onto the mountaintop. And Dan, the man, follows this on. He's an he eager beaver who's like, Master, I need adventure. I need to go explore and do stuff. I, If you never let me do this, how will I get better, Master? If, right, if Anakin was trained by Qui-Gon. You, you kick some ass, my boy. And so, uh, oddly enough, he runs into this old guy who... It's this old guy who kind of has yeah. this wicked smile. Um, and as he's like, I'm pretty sure he's like just laughing. Um, Very sinister. Like, um, when, you, when, you he hear tales himself, the, when you hear the tales of the creepy old man in the gas station, it's like this guy yeah, to a T. This guy. And uh, reveals himself to be a former Sith who left the order before it fell. And um, him and Dan decide to, you know. He kind of jumps at Dan, and Dan's like, holy shit, this dude is This fast. guy's on another level. And then, I'm pretty sure Dan doesn't put up much of a fight. And no, Dan's like, I'm stronger than those other things you beat, gets one shot. Well, 
he, he gets one of those weeks. And I honestly thought he that was the end of Dan. Like I thought Dan was. Yeah, I thought I thought I instead of falling over, we were about to see him cut in half. Yeah, I swear, I swear. And um, so Tajin is like, I guess I'll this. have to handle this. But the the old man says to Dan, he says, I was looking for someone on this planet or something like that. He says, but you don't appear to be it. Yeah, I think he um, sensed someone to, was strong. Um, someone strong in the force or something like that. And so he's like, because I think the elder was like, I sensed someone strong in the force. Are you possibly that someone? And then he engages Dan the Padawan first in a fight. He's like, nah, not you. <laughs> you, you clearly yeah. can tell it's like how outclassed he is, but there was a small part of me that had just like a... who dared to have a sliver of hope as to... How like, dare you? Maybe this Padawan might actually prove to be like capable, you know? Just maybe he'll be able to hold his ground, just a smidgen. It's not the Star Wars way, Blake. And then no, no, he, he gets freaking escorted and I straight up thought he was dead. Like when <laughs> yeah. that was over. And then, yeah, Tajin, he shows up, he's like, well, I guess I gotta do it myself. And that was a really that. good fight, though. Like, like when they first engage, he, like, the Elder uh, goes at him, but then Tajin, like, grabs his wrist, flips him over, takes his uh, one of his sabers, and then cuts it in half. Yeah, was that was epic. Game. And the way he defeated the Elder? Genius. Yeah. Always yeah. wanted to see that. He turns his lifesaber on, gets close, puts it up to him, and turns it back on. I know. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, as he dies, he just dissipates, decomposes into like rocky sediments. And he, he exploded that one thingy. He exploded his ship. Yeah. And then we found out Dan's not dead. Uh, as they leave the village. Um, Tajin tells Dan that being a Jedi means being kind-hearted, so they do not end up like the Elder. Um, the Elder was just hell-bent on killing Jedi. So I'm pretty sure all he wanted to do, all he yeah. felt like doing. And, that was. Um, but no, I really yeah. enjoyed that one. Um, I think it was like the English voice acting was top-notch, especially for that episode, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. In particular, I was like, that was solid English job all the way around. Give us more episodes like that, please. Holy freaking cow. And then it closed out on these last two, which are alright. Um, the eighth episode is Lope and Ocho. Um, oh, yeah. No, that one, you know what? This one, like, I wanted to not like it originally, but then, like, as the episode progressed, it, I'm gonna be honest, it did warm up on me a little This bit. one's for the furries out there. Yeah. Um. Oh, this was a Gino Studio, by the way. They did a Golden Kamali, which is actually a really good anime. Interesting. Um, Ocho's pretty dope. It's about this like little rabbit alien slave named on a cat cart. I might have just butchered that last one. Uh, Probably. Ocho or Ocho Ocho who. I believe the English voice actor was Hiromi. Hiromi Dames. Dames. Dame. Dames. Dames. I, I, I'm pretty so sure that's the. Yeah. And then Yasaburo. And. Yeah, Yasaburo, who was by Paul Nakuchi. Nakauchi. Nakauchi, my bad. Paul Nakauchi. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Officer. Kyle McCarley. That's an easy name for us. <laughs> so yeah, it was alright. Um, it was nice. It had a nice message that, you know, ancestry and um, inheritance is about more than just blood. Yeah. It's about bonds. It doesn't make you family necessarily either. It's like, yeah. This takes place like during the Empire era, so like back when Vader and the Emperor are still kicking it. Yeah. Yep, and yeah, so it was alright. Um, it was a typical, you know, get betrayed uh, type of yeah, thing. She escapes her captors onto this planet called Tau. She's discovered by their 
I'm a clan leader of the planet named Yasuburo and then his daughter Ocho and at the beginning it's like they're kids and everything and they're still young and so you kind of see them bond and it's like oh this is adorable oh, isn't this so wholesome and you think it's gonna stay like that forever then uh, not sure enough the political stuff happens a little later on during the time skip yeah seven years later and uh, yeah Empire has basically managed to occupy most of if not the entire planet and is using it, exploiting it really, uh, for natural resources, and, of its natural resources. And um, yeah, Yasuburo has basically gone like full rebel mode. He's like, yeah, I ain't having this shit. Uh, I want the Empire off my planet and I will do whatever means necessary, even if it means committing to like terrorist acts, essentially to do that, if we're being technical. Um, more like guerrilla warfare, but eh, I mean, kind of in the same vein here, politically speaking. Uh, and then, yeah, Osho, she, on the other hand, is like, eh, the Empire, it seems like joining up with them is the easier way to go, and a lot less stressful, you know, no must, no fuss, plenty to gain from them, wants to cooperate with them, and collaborate, whatever, and maybe even join up with them, and, um, yeah, after failing to convince her dad, uh, Osho failing to convince her dad to, uh, join them in the Empire, um, she decides to enlist in the Imperial uh, Navy, despite her dad's wishes, as well as, at this point, Lops, who is kind of like her sister at this point, like they've been living together for so long. And then, um, yeah, so she ends up leaving, and Yasuburo decides to pass down the kind of the golden jewel, if you will, the pride and joy, the treasure of the family that's been handed down for generations. How was their riding on a lightsaber blade? Uh, well, what was it made out of? Lightsabers. Because lightsabers traditionally are made of metal, but they're not always. There are different materials. That was this one different? Because there are some lightsabers that are made out of like a unique, specific types of various woods as well. Hmm. So if it was made out of wood, then yeah, there could be like riding on it or an etching in it. Hey, 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 I appreciate the reference, but hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, uh, yeah, an ancient lightsaber that's, yeah, been passed down. It almost looks like a katana. And, yeah, yeah. It turns out Lop is uh, Force-sensitive, and so she's kind of like this rabid alien. They don't really give, like, a name exactly to what specific race she hails from, just rabid. Duty, duty hops, sister. And so she made two different there, references. Like her sister, uh, Ocho. And I want to say. This is another that, open end. Well, because I thought that Yasuburo went to fight Ocho originally and then ended up getting killed in the confrontation, which. He fights her, but he, he doesn't get killed. Lop saves okay. him. Yeah. And fights so Ocho for a out. minute. And it's basically this, like, Naruto Sasuke from original Naruto, this dramatic, you know, sibling rivalry thing going on. Sure. And this dramatic, you know, on opposite sides of the fight. And it's just this big emotional moment, like, how could you do this? You were the chosen one. If you're not with me, you're against me. You had already done that yourself, or whatever the hell. You were my sister, Ocho. Yeah. I loved you. You're supposed to destroy the set, not join them. From my point of view. No, we're not going to keep down this. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Alright, they fight. They, uh, Lop wins. Ocho leaves. Alright, next episode. Yeah. Akakiri. The last episode in this series is Akakiri, and this one pissed me off more than any of This one, yeah, it, it's um, kind of. This one was trash. I did not like this episode. I didn't really like it either. Um, the the vision started strong and then ended kind of dark. Yeah, um, this one is. Is in this one. Basically, uh, yes. This Jedi who had been suffering from visions of his PTSD. He's not. He's not even a freaking Jedi if he's got a love 
Like, okay, Obi-Wan had Duchess of Teens. Anakin and Obi-Wan would both argue with you that that's not necessarily true. Well, okay, well, then why didn't Obi-Wan have Duchess of Teens? Because it's not the Jedi way. Um, oh, you know he did Anakin, in the back. Anakin was never even yeah, a Jedi, dude. He was just a bum. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, that's uh, true. Anyway, so it's not even a thing. Um, so he's like, you know what, I'm going to go back. This princess named Misa. Misa, Misa. Um, apparently related to Jojo. Uh, I'm just kidding. I was made up. A princess Misa, Misa. has been overthrown by her dark-sided wielding Aunt Masago. Right? So, Masago, who was this... voiced by Lorraine Toussaint. Or is it Toussaint? Toussaint. So she's... Okay, I got it right. Hot damn. It's French. Um, noise. So, like, Subuki and some boys go to, like... Tsubaki. Tsubaki, sorry. Um, well, Masago, like, you know, takes his friends, overpowers him, and then attempts to convince him to join her as an apprentice of the dark side. When he refuses, Mas Masago... Matt's henchman attacks him while Tsubaki kills him um, and then accidentally kills Misa dressed in their uniform just that he had received so not only is the vision that he saw him killing her so you know what I'm saying if he would have just, just not been a fucking horny boy and said nah I'm cool if she dies she dies whatever I'm a Jedi I can't you know, my faith is in this, whatever, yada, yada, yada. She would have never died, because guess what? He killed her. Um, stupid. So then, guess what he does? Joins the freaking... Uh, homegirl, because she goes, I'll bring her back. I could do that. And then she gets resurrected, and they, they depart. Like, get the f*** out of my face. That was such a stupid episode. That was one of the most frustrating episodes I'd ever seen, where it's like, okay, so this is basically just a Jedi got played hardcore, and yeah. basically was forced into a situation in which he somehow had no other choice but to become sworn in, basically, as like a Sith, a member of the Sith, officially. Yeah, I was like, pretty much. Are you freaking kidding me? You're telling me that this guy didn't have any other choice, any other option? I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. This is frustrating. This is a frustrating episode. I'm gonna be honest. The, the animation sound this one, I just, I didn't care for. Yeah. Um, I, no, I didn't care for this one. God. It was good. Everything was good. It just it's sad that it was a bad ending. But that, that's okay. Kind of went out with a whimper. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> so yeah, that's Star Wars. <laughs> that was yeah. Star Wars Visions. Apparently, season, check it out. Season two, I believe, it's supposed to be a second volume. They're calling it. Uh, how appropriate? Tankuban. Uh, yeah, we're getting studios of various animation studios, not just from Japan, but also apparently India, uh, the UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Af South Africa, and uh, the US. Yo, France actually has some good animation. Not gonna lie. So that's going to be sometime in early 2023, hopefully, uh, when we get that. But, hey, in the meantime, I believe, was it the 26th or the 27th? I want to say the 26th. Uh, we have Tales of the Jedi, which is another bit of Star Wars animation that's coming out here real soon. Uh, it's going to be six episodes long, and it's going to feature basically two separate storylines that are each consistent, like three episodes each. So one uh, that I believe is going to take place that tells the origin story of sorts, to an extent, of uh, Count Dooku slash Darth Tyrannus or Lord Tyrannus, whatever you want to call him, uh, and how he became who he became but back from the before time when he was still a Jedi, and he was a Jedi Master over who I believe was his Padawan at the time, or possibly it might have been a Jedi Knight at this point, it's a little unclear, but who basically was responsible for training at some point, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. And then the other three episodes, which take place 
it kind of shows you just kind of like a general timeline sped up of uh, Ahsoka Tano's life as a Jedi, and then kind of seeing where she ends up at the end of her journey to a certain point before things move along a little further on ahead down the line. And it looks like she ends up doing battle with some kind of like really badass looking Inquisitor. Only, I'm not sure if this is who was originally supposed to be the person who was the Grand Inquisitor, or if this is just like a random Inquisitor in general, but yeah, no, the hype is real. Alright, so this was Star Wars Visions. <laughs> um, so, uh, the next review, which... There'll be a few episodes for now, actually. Um, but, uh... It's Blake's choice. You know what? It's it's a really simple choice. It's a straightforward decision, and I apologize for the lack of variety and creativity here on my part when I picked this. It just seemed like a safe choice for me. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, have y'all check out uh, My Dress Up Darling. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Have fun, Colton. Sounds like I'm gonna hate Yeah, I am curious. I'm very curious as to how what Colton thinks of it. This is an incredible English dub, I am telling you. If you have the option to watch it in dub, just do yourself a favor, watch it in the English dub. Um, also... Don't watch it in front of other people. Yeah, yeah also, yeah, you might want to watch it in private. Um, but um, I think the next episode we do rather than news or uh, the review uh, we'll do a little little fun episode I don't know, I don't know yet either we'll do uh, maybe a, like a ranking episode or we'll talk about one piece or I don't know we'll do something I just okay. want to do something a little different geeking out here on our side of the deep web yep um so that's all we have today. Uh, as Blake said, My Dress of Darling Season 1 is the uh, next one. Next me, review. So Colton will be... Colton will have a whole lot to say about it, I'm sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening and see you next time. Hey,